Smart Talkers. Today, I'm delighted to bring you another special guest to inspire and challenge you and also tickle your mind. I have with me today Sonia Saini, all the way from California. We met in one of the Zoom rooms of the WBEX conference, which is a global platform for coaches. And Sonia's energy is immediately captivating. So I invited her to have a chat with me on various things. When we talk about coaching, we talk about the mindset of being positive. We talk about career changes and how to manage that and so many other interesting things that I know you will enjoy. So here goes. Sonia, welcome to Small Talk with Raincraft. So glad to have you. Hi, Shiva. Thank you so much for having me. We've been meaning to do this for a while now. So I'm glad that finally 2022, I'm kickstarting with you. <laughs> Absolutely. I think things happen when they're meant to happen. Exactly. You know, obviously, as a kind of preparation for speaking with you, I was going through your website and LinkedIn and all the wonderful testimonials that people have generously shared as your client. And I was thinking, as a coach, it's not easy to get testimonials because generally uh, folks are a little wary of saying that they're being coached and putting it out there. It was so heartwarming to see the generous reviews. And not only that, I think there was a wonderful pattern that emerged that I want to ask you about. And I think that's what struck me when we met in a WBEX uh, meeting room, Zoom event. The energy that you bring to a conversation is amazing. I think it is just contagious too. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yes, I think I'm known for my energy. And I will share the secret that I've had nicknames of sunshine and bubbles just because of the energy and energizer bunny. And I think I think that's just something part of my personality and thank you for recognizing it. I appreciate it. And I think it probably does add a lot of value to the kind of work that you do. What uh, still surprises you about coaching? I mean, you've been doing it for a while now. What really surprises you even today? I reflect on some of the amazing coaching sessions I've had with clients varying from like 16 years of age to like 75 years of age all over the world. What comes to mind is how unique everyone's thought process and solutions are. So while I'm listening to them, and this is on one of those days where maybe there's an instinctive reaction in me which says, oh, the person should do this, right? Like such an obvious thing. But it's interesting how they think and what comes out as a solution for them. And they are super excited And for them, that's the ultimate answer. So I think it made me realize, coming from a place of, oh, you know how we all feel this way? You know how this is what will work? There is no one size fits all. And there are always unique customized solutions that will work wonders for every individual. So true. And I think it's the awareness that you bring out as a coach in each individual that is so powerful and impactful. What led you to coaching? Because I know you've had kind of interesting careers, right? Radio jockey, if I'm not wrong. (laughs) Yes, I started my professional career as a radio jockey for eight years. I was a radio jockey and it was the most wonderful 
medium to help me connect with people just through my voice, just through the energy and make me realize the beautiful ways of communication we have. It's not just the words, but also the voice that carries it. So from there all the way, I'm landing up being a senior manager at Accenture. But I think it was at Accenture when there was a day when I paused to understand my day started at 4.30 in the morning. My days ended at 1 in the night. And I was like military matron with my kids. Have you done this? Have you done that? Let's get into doing this. Okay. 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 We need to go. Dinner time. I had just become a machine. And when I took a pause, I really asked myself the question, what am I doing in life? And how is it important to me? And when I did that, it was very earth shattering for me to realize what I was doing was so meaningless. Like, why are we running after these, you know, we got to get the projects and we got to get the deliverables and we got to get this going. And that's when something shifted in me. And I said, am I actually being a fish trying to climb a tree? I was not in my element. Is this the best I could do? No. And when that realization came, I began to find which was my water. Where would I find my water? And when I closed my eyes, there was one question when I had one of my senior managing partners at Accenture ask me, he said, what is it that you do that you love the most? And you know, Shabal, I realized since my growing up years, when I helped others, it filled me with a joy that nobody can take from me. Even if it meant getting scolded by mom because you haven't done this and now you're sitting here and helping others. But it just gave me so much of joy. And that's when I realized I have to do something where I can serve and bring that help for others. It was during this course of discovery where a friend said, you have to be a coach. And I'm like, coach, okay, what do you mean? And then I got introduced to ICF. I liked the model. I liked the approach. The most beautiful thing, it's a partnership. You're not counseling, you're not mentoring, you're not guiding. You are really being a partner and helping get them find the insights and wisdom. And when that clicked, I knew I was home. Awesome. And I think parts of your story really resonate with me, especially that phase in the corporate career when life seems so transactional that everybody you're dealing with, everyone you're speaking to, it's about a task on a list and you're yes. ticking it off. And I think that stepping into something as powerful as coaching after that is just so, so rewarding because yes. you really learn to take a deep breath and look inside. Yes, and also the almost like being true to yourself. Am I really using my time in a way that fulfills me? Am I prioritizing the right things in my life? What am I doing to serve myself well, as well as my close loved ones? It truly was an eye-opener. And I am so thrilled that even if the awakening came, I wish it had come 20 years earlier, but it came a little late, but I think that's the time, that was the right time for me. And I am living my life now. Superb. And you're right, I think it's about the right time because ultimately those 20 years plus, right? And even our childhood, they... That's what we bring to ourselves as coaches. All that experience, all that we've gone through, all the ups and downs. It's so important to also experience that. I don't think at 25, I could have truly been a coach. Theoretically, perhaps, but the sum total of all my experiences, I feel add a lot to how I view a coaching relationship now. You said something very interesting out there, right? You are equating the experiences, life experiences, to bring 
meaning to you being a coach today? And I kind of see it slightly different there. Part of it is, what is a coach? As a coach, what do you need to be doing? And truly, in the ICF format that I follow and I believe in, as a partner, when I have a client sitting there, it is not my responsibility to solve their problem. I am there with an absolute open blank mind. I am there with curiosity. I am there with absolute listening. And I'm there with no judgment. And that's the only space I need to create. And at that moment of time, my experiences, my understanding, my anything doesn't come and play. And that is almost like a state of being detached attachment. You are attached with being committed and helping that client find their insights, but you're detached because you are not taking the responsibility. And so in that sense, what I have had in my life or not had in my life just doesn't matter. On the other hand, when we have experienced something in life, it allows us to have compassion, empathy, and also a little bit more of understanding and connectivity with energies. So maybe perhaps that can come a little in play. But in all honesty, if there's a coach who's 19 years old who actually understands this attached detachment and can be present, be curious, be exploratory, and truly have that very, very deep listening, listening not to respond, but listening just to understand, they will be as good a coach as somebody who has been coaching for 50 years. That's my belief. Well, that's a very, very interesting perspective. And I think finally, all of our beliefs come from a little bit of what we think of ourselves or how we have been, right? So when I think of my 18, 19 year old self, definitely the compassion was strong. The wanting to help others, to be with them, to support them, to just listen. All of that was incredibly strong. I feel I was a lot more judgmental. I hear you. With age and experience, the curiosity has gone up and the judgment has significantly gone down. That has been a very helpful tool now. As a coach, as a professional, this whole year, I am really focusing on, like I was telling you earlier when we spoke, the Ted Lasso effect on me of be curious, not judgmental. And if you take it to heart, it is so powerful. It is just so powerful. So true. And I will also confess out here, I think for me, I just grew up being very non-judgmental. And it's funny, I didn't realize it at that time, but that is a superpower I have. I have always observed things in people, but it didn't matter to me what that made them. I would just observe and I would say, fine, she is choosing to be that way or he is choosing to be that way. And maybe sometimes they don't even know how they're coming across. So I would give that benefit of doubt. Then, why did I just not start charging? I would have been an amazing coach <laughs> way too soon than now. So, you know, that's how it was for me. Again, my journey was that way. And therefore, I feel that the life experiences wouldn't have not necessarily added or taken away for me as being a coach. But as a person, yes, I think it's enriched me and made me something very, very different. And I want to say very nice too. I was actually going to ask you that. I feel it changes us in our personal relationships so much, right? Did you find that happening too, especially through tough times? I think there is an inner strength that you're able to call upon. 
when you have that coaching mindset and that mindset of being attuned to your mind and your body a lot more absolutely chaban you kind of touched on us when you said right trying times in 2013 i want to say that that was the biggest transformational year 2013 and 2014 for me personally and um I'm going from a crazy life. You know how it is. We have a small family of four. I've got two boys. Husband is busy working. I'm busy working. The kids are at school, and then we have the social network. No different from any other family life that you see. And then, out of the blue, and I'm somebody who's very particular about health, so I make sure that the annual checkups are done on time, the physicals are done on time, and like they always say, opposites attract. So I'm somebody who's particular about what I'm eating, working out, and really being mindful of my health. My husband is like a Buddha. He loves to eat and he will enjoy life and he's always smiling and brings that happy zen state of I am in bliss. Leave me alone. <laughs> I thought of working out and I'm tired thinking about it. And all of a sudden, the doctor called us. He had gone for his general checkup and the doctor called us and um, he invited us to come to the office to talk to him ASAP. And that's when we were just told that he had a third stage malignant tumor. And yes, Wow was like I don't even know there were no words that came out we both sat there listening quietly and then he went away to work and I went back home because I was working from home that time and I was crying I couldn't understand I mean it literally like they say 911 happened to me in my life like they say the earth from beneath my feet just shifted my kids were young they were like 3 and a half and about 7 and a half 8 and that And so I'm sitting and I'm thinking, oh my God, what the hell hit us? So that day we went back, we were all very quiet. It was a sober dinner. We didn't have much conversation. It was almost like neither my husband or I wanted to talk much at the time. We were both just processing what we had faced. And we went to bed and um, tying it back to the energy and the positivity that I always just have in me. Something was in there and I, I went to bed and I woke up in the morning and i was like yay good morning and my husband looked at me like she's lost it <laughs> like now what do i have to do with and i looked at him i gave him a warm hug and i said we are good and we will be fine and he said uh okay and i said no 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 really and he said okay and i said think about it we found out about it so something can be done about it Six months later, if this had not been discovered, it would have been a different story. But that didn't happen. I said somebody out there was looking out for us. It was meant to be found, and it's going to be okay. And just like that, the energy shifted. I'm not telling you, you're not worried about the cancer. But it was that moment where I realized anything is as big or small as you make it. Anything is about the perspective, how you look at things. And if you want to see something as like a big mountain, you are going to be overwhelmed. you are able to bring it down and see the positive in all that bad that's actually happening you might be able to find a way to overcome it and at the end of the day i'm not saying that all the results will be how they are my husband is cancer free it's been 8 years now and i'm very grateful and i'm still on top of things thing but i know that day i learned that deep lesson and i knew that there is nothing in the world no matter how good bad ugly it is that i will not be able to conquer because my attitude the sonia attitude as my friends call it 
was the driving power that will always help me see the perspective in a very nice, positive way. Thank you so much for sharing that. So powerful. And I think you're right. It's your superpower. And that event probably just supercharged it and brought it to the fore. But it's truly a superpower to be able to see the positives in a difficult time like that. And it doesn't yeah. come to many of us, to most of us easily. It's also great that it's something that you're able to pass on as a coach, right? The energy, the positivity. And I think it is truly impacting lives. <laughs> Thank you. I think to the point exactly what you said, the focus when people have on things that are not in their control, then it's never going to be a battle that they can win because it's not in their control. But if the focus is inwards, saying, what's in my control? What can I do? The power of our inner thoughts creates a reality, creates a belief, and that becomes our truth. So the question is, what is the truth that you are carrying today in your hearts and minds? What are you believing? What is your perspective? What are you seeing? Because what you see becomes your belief and what your belief is becomes your truth. I'm going to shift gears a little bit here, but it's a thread that I want to kind of stay with. And I'm wondering if in your kind of coaching experience, especially over the last two, three years during the pandemic, I find that a lot of folks, let's say in their 40s, probably mid 40s, late 40s, put in about 15, 20 years in the corporate career track and they've hit a plateau. That plateau just kind of has started to feel more real with this working from home and the long hours and just the anxiety in the mind about so many other things. Is it inevitable? Is it something that after 15, 20 years, why are so many people soul searching? Typically at that stage, we have the great resignation, whatever, but it's a trend or it's definitely there. Do you see that too? Yes, I have observed that pattern. And again, it's very simple. It's all in the mind. So think about it. When a young adult leaves a home for college or for the first job, they're full of energy. They're full of dreams. They're full of what they can achieve. And so now they get invested in that and get engaged in life and engaged in living it up and feeling the freedom and really like the usefulness of where they are. And then over a period of time, with the responsibilities that keeps getting added on, with the age, with the weight that actually carries, and I'm not meaning about the physical weight, but really the weight of the burdens, relationships, and everything else that they're trying to juggle and manage and learn from. Then there comes a time in life where their mind says, oh my God, I just keep going on and on and on and I'm tired. So stop and think. What's the inner conversation you're having with yourself? I am tired. I've had enough. I can't do this anymore. And just as you say that to yourself, you have drawn your boundary and you've drawn your limit. But the truth is, there is no limit. And you're right. Those, let's say, of all those who kind of hit that plateau and are doing that soul searching and feeling the fatigue, those who come out of it stronger, are those who are able to have that positive mindset of, okay, let me work at this. Fine, I've hit that plateau. I don't enjoy what I'm doing anymore. I've given 20 years to this. It's the only identity I know for myself, but I don't enjoy it anymore. When they approach it with the mindset of, let me discover what I'm good at. 
let me discover what more I can do, what new I can do. They do come out of this really enlightened, enriched for having gone through that plateau in a way. And then they discover something that they would probably really enjoy for the maybe the next 10 years. And then you again kind of reach another phase in life and you want to do something else. And, and I will tell you, this is already shifting. Because if you talk to the millennials, you talk to the younger generation today, they are very clear and focused on what do I want to do and what am I going to get out of it and how fulfilling it is. They are walking away from things that is not giving them happiness. They are walking away from environments where they're not getting their respect or their empowerment. So it's interesting that what a certain generation took maybe 25-30 years to reach, to reflect on, newer generations are catching on that way faster. Now, one can then also say the shift has then become from, instead of thinking of we as a family unit or as a collective, it's shifted more to me. What do I want to do? What do I like? What am I good at? Right? So there's a good and bad that comes. And again, it's all about the perspective that we look at. But it's amazing to see that the younger generation is getting their priorities right and making those choices very deliberately. And who knows, I think they might flourish way better and not reach that plateau. You know, exactly what I was going to ask you that can, can you know, let's say our younger listeners, can they preempt this? And I think that's exactly what you've answered because they're right now itself focused on what is giving them joy, what is giving them fulfillment. And if that means that in those first 10, 15 years, they've tried four different things, great. They're not tied and bound to, this is my identity and hey, I was a banker, I have to be a banker. I was a consultant, I have to be a consultant, right? They are willing to say, hey, I tried. It was okay. It was actually great for those two, three years. I'm ready to move on. Yes, and they have the courage to follow their heart or to follow that what feels right. Whereas a lot of times people are stuck because that's their comfort level. That's the security. That's their loyalty or whatever it may be, right? It could be so many reasons, but it takes courage to walk away and to do what you know you should be doing or you want to do it. What I really like in terms of what's happening today is that a lot of individuals, whatever stage of their career, are willing to seek help, right? Are willing to seek external support. They're happy to have an objective voice alongside them. Like you said, just helping them think out loud, brainstorm, put tie common threads together, really enhance their own performance. And I think that takes courage to open up to a stranger end of the day and say that this is where I'm vulnerable or this is what I fear or this is what I'm not good at. But more and more folks are trying it out. And that's a great sign. Yes, and you nailed it. You know, there's so many stereotypes and myths associated with coaching. Well, the typical thing is bad performance. You know, that's why you've got coaching or you didn't do something right. And that's why you need a coach to support you. And the saddest part is people couldn't be more clueless and they couldn't be more off. That could have been a stage and a journey of coaching at some point. But today, that's not the case. Today, like you said, you need to have the courage 
courage to be true to yourself courage to be honest with someone else who you're trusting courage to face what are the insights and the realities that come to you through the sessions and then have the courage to follow through when you realize oh my god this is what i should be doing to really make make those changes that are needed and to get the result that i want and sometimes people can't do that and that's fine but to even begin being coached you need to have that courage you need to have that open mind you need to have that curiosity and today i'll say coaching is actually a privilege and it is for the exclusive folks who have the courage the curiosity the open mindedness it is not for everyone and i think as coaches we think about that a lot right is the person ready to be coached and that that's an important factor in making it work absolutely what are some of the other roadblocks mental blocks that you find yourself having to help that person kind of climb over because i think a lot of folks who they do genuinely they want to get some help whichever you call it a coach a counselor whatever they know that hey it's okay now to reach out but there are still a lot of preconceived notions in their mind in terms of how that engagement will go how fast can i see a result is another one right if i'm getting help it can't be really it'll take 6 months it'll take a year forgetting that it's taken them 45 years to get to this point right so what are yes. the other preconceived notions that you have to kind of help them overcome even as i answer that question there's something you hit on and i want to put it out there again to tickle the minds of our listeners You know when people are hesitant of deciding and how do they help themselves at that point how do they find that courage to actually take that first step right everyone has motivations intrinsic motivations and one is like oh i so want to lose weight i so want to lose weight right you want to lose weight and one is i don't want to become fat i don't want to become like this so if a person can understand which is the most strong driving force the motivation to be away i don't want to be that's the motivation away or the motivation towards i want to be and if they can understand the strength of which force is the most stronger driving force and make that their anchor they will actually find the courage in them to take that step and cross the threshold I just wanted to kind of put that thought out there. It's very interesting uh, but such a huge difference in the way the two statements play, right? Yeah. So understanding what is it the pull or the push? What where does your motivation lie? Some of the other preconceived issues. I want to definitely say that people have so many beliefs in their lives which are very limiting which may not be true. We wake up every day in the morning, you brush your teeth, you take a shower, and you wash your hands every time and especially given covid we all know how much washing hands is so important people do everything this every day how many of you get up and clean your minds actually see that is that in a clean nice state and the simplest way for that is if there is a thought in your mind which is actually negative it takes away your energy aha that's a weed and you need to recognize it scan it recognize it chop it off and kill it 
because those kind of weeds will only grow in your mind whereas if you have a thought that gives you happiness you know that you are in a good state of mind where it will allow your creativity it will allow your calmness it will allow an openness of mind to accept and to grow it is like they say the parasympathetic nerves and the sympathetic nerves which ones are at play because if it is the parasympathetic then you are calm and you're breathing deep and nice and you're open and you're creative and your energy is positive but if you are in the sympathetic nerve nerve system that is at work then that's where you are in that fight or flight okay what do i do i need to fix this i need to find the problem and then you are stressed and you're tensed and you're closed minded and you're reactive just by understanding what is the quality of your thoughts what is the energy that those thoughts give you you don't need a doctor you don't need a medicine you don't need an external help you can shift and change and you can find yourself in a more resourceful state of mind that's lovely and i just realized that cleaning your mind i mean you put it so beautifully i've never thought of it that way and i think i've been intuitively doing that especially in the last couple of years i built myself a little green garden space in the balcony and every morning i head there first so that i get this 10 minutes in a green space warm sunlight fresh air and just to kind of zone out the negativity and to just start the day with positive maybe even no thoughts that's also fine and like you said so many limiting beliefs right i think the same 5 to 10 minutes i had even in the craziness of the corporate life just 5 to 10 minutes i could have pulled it out even then right but the belief is that you have to keep running you have to keep moving this is not the kind of work or lifestyle where you can give yourself those 10 minutes you're not on your own you're not your own boss you don't have control over your time and actions but it's all in our mind and in how we approach it and it's all possible in fact that's one of the reasons why i chose to be an executive coach because like you said we are not our bosses and we are working for someone and if we can have leaders out there be coached and have this awareness and this realization not only will they shift and change their lives but it will allow them to change the lives of hundreds and thousands of people who are working for them and therefore that one person's coaching can actually be an amazing triple effect for so many others so true i think yeah we do forget that that's the power of kind of empowering that leader or that individual the cascading effect which we never really know and which even they may not realize but it'll just spread across so many others and that's beautiful that will be very very thankful to you sonia <laughs> of course and I'm, thank you so much guys it's been such a pleasure chatting with you and it's been my honor and privilege to be part of this podcast today i really appreciate you for inviting me thank you so much and we will chat again for sure sounds good you take care now bye mm-hmm. bye bye Thank you for listening till the very end. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you'd like to leave us a note about the episode, please do write in at connect@raincraft.in or drop us a voice message at speakpipe.com/raincraft. 
all the details about our guest today and how you can find us on social media are available in the show notes so please do have a read and catch you next time